All right, everyone, welcome to the Mid-20s podcast with your hosts Tristan Yang, Jesse Regarin, and Lewis Fisk. Uh, this is going to be an introdu- introductory episode where we kind of go into a little bit about who we are and why we're doing this. Why don't you kick us off, Tristan? Yeah, so the reason we're doing this as a friend group is because two weeks ago we were in their house in their apartment and we thought it would be an amazing idea for branding a business and all that jazz to start a podcast also for short form content to grow audiences and a personal brand it's a perfect way to do it as well as to help people through their entrepreneurial journey yeah i think be an impact and be an impact i feel like it's just so it's such a blessing for me to have guys like you guys in my life and i think like you said when we were when we came up with this idea we were all just kind of talking about topics that we talk about on a regular basis and it just felt like right to start a podcast because I feel like so many people don't have the blessing of having like-minded, motivated individuals around them. And so they don't get the opportunity to have those conversations. And I think I want, I'd love for people to see how impactful, how valuable it is to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, I totally motivated. Agree. I totally agree. So yeah, the it honestly it was a perfect fit as well because Lewis and Jesse here they were actually in their office and they own a real estate business. Um, and personally, I come from a digital marketing background and a content creation and e-commerce. And I know all the ways around the social media and how to build the audiences and create the perfect content. They had the office, I set up the studio, I produce everything, they obviously paid the rent, and that's how we're going. It's a beautiful trifecta. Yeah. Yeah. A perfect fit, you know, and... Your producer and a pretty face. (laughs) Thank you, you as well. (laughs) Um, I have a point based on what Jesse said about being blessed to have like-minded individuals. I feel like we are blessed, but the people that don't have that in their life right now, they have the capability to get it. It's not like we were lucky to have this i feel like we all attracted it into our lives and people can do that as well so if you are out there and you don't necessarily have the right friend group yeah don't let that kind of get to your head and actually go out and make that happen yeah i think i think tristan's like a perfect example of that too because i feel like and i think it kind of ties to kind of how we all met i know that you kind of felt that you didn't really have a friend group that was in your grade or the same mindset with the same mindset yeah. that care to, you know, achieve a high level of success, to be highly motivated, to get better every day um, and just constantly be improving themselves. And I remember you telling me that, you know, that it, you really liked, you know, hanging out with our group of friends because you felt like it was a group of people that were on that same wavelength and you recognize really quickly how impactful it was to surround yourself with people like that and it makes yeah. makes the journey so much easier because it's not it's not easy to like be trying to be better every day to stay highly motivated i don't even know if i believe in you know like m- big motivation you know i think it really becomes it's more a of like a, a drive a discipline like this is what i need to do and i'm going to do it and i'm going to surround myself with people that are going to ensure that I am going to stay on the path of greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation's temporary. Yeah. Also, for the context, you guys are two years older than me, and we had separate friend groups when we were in high school. And for me to basically take the recognition of that was a pretty big step um, in in that journey because we obviously didn't hang out much, but I still recognize that you guys were executors and you knew you wanted to get down to business. Um, I mean, think about it. Here we were like two weeks ago. This was just an idea. Now we have a full-on studio, camera set up, everything, and we're turning into reality. Yeah. yeah. Making it happen. Yeah. And it's such a group effort. That's yeah. what I really love about this and what I'm really excited about. Yeah. It, a good thing, too, about you guys is because a lot of people just like to talk about things and say, oh, this is just a great idea. But the person who comes up with the idea, it doesn't really matter. It's the person who actually execute the plan and does it and does the hard work and brings it to fruition is the person who should get all the credit. Yeah, so like yeah. how many times like a great business like Uber or something like that, there's so many people out there that probably thought of that idea yeah. before yeah. it came to fruition yeah. and they're probably telling all their friends yeah. like, oh, 
I had that idea. I could have been a billionaire. Yeah. And it's like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know? Yeah, yeah they are. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, they're the people that are out there having that conversation with their friend at the bar after their nine-to-five job. Like, oh, they stole my, Uber stole my idea. Telling the girl. My billion-dollar idea. Whereas opposed to the person who's like, okay, I didn't execute. Somebody else did the idea. What's my next idea? And how can I take action quick enough to make sure that nobody else steals it. I feel like there's just a two different type of people. Yeah, a perfect example of this actually is, you guys know Apple, everyone. Everyone knows Apple. They, the Apple Watch, actually, that everyone wears on their wrist, it was someone else's idea. And they were actually like trying to build towards that. But Apple came in, recognized that they could take advantage of that. And they did. And they're actually in like a bunch of lawsuits right now. And it was very interesting. But it is the truth, you know. But did they not start it then? They're like, or they did try and Apple just came in with more resources. They had the idea. I think their company was small and Apple found out about it. That just like, sucks. This is perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like they were trying to execute though. They were trying to execute, but it just shows to if people who can execute faster and harder and have yeah. that more time in the market is a huge thing. What's and that what's that quote you say? Imperfect that? action. No, well that too. But um once you know more than Oh, yeah. Once you know more than 60% about an opportunity, the opportunity's gone. I think there is some truth to that. Obviously, when you're underwriting certain deals, for example, in real estate, you might want to... By the time you're closing on it, you want to know more than 60%. But if you know 60% and you're thinking this could be a deal, then take the next steps, you know? Yeah. I think think the, the... the thing that I like about that that quote or that saying is that so many people miss out because they have like analysis paralysis. They think that they need to know every intricate part of a deal. And because of that, they don't either they never move forward or they move forward and it's too late. You know? Yeah. And it's also a big thing when you're young to take big risks because you're not going to have that opportunity when you're older. Because when you get older and you have a family, you have mortgage and you have bills to pay, you just financially can't. And for us to actually take those risks and to jump into it, spend the money and spend the investment, it's huge. And like a perfect example of this as well is my parents. Personally, my parents are both very smart and they never had the initiative to do that. And my dad has told me multiple times, I wish I started a business, you know. Um, But at that point in his life, he was already having bills to pay and... Obviously, for security reasons, he just couldn't anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's not to say that like older people can't take risks or make the jump, but definitely like if people are in their 20s, you need to take advantage of that. You just you have so much risk tolerance because yeah. of the fact that you don't have the same responsibilities that you would have older. Yeah. So it just gets harder every day that passes. Like it, I, I do love that because I can I, we can fail completely at the real estate business at drive-by. And we could start something new tomorrow. We could do that for three years and fail in that and still be 27 and still have a lot of time to build everything up. So I think the fact that people are stopped by the fear of failing, especially at our age, is just sad. Yeah. And like personally, I've started a few businesses that have like totally flopped, totally failed. Some did well and none that are around today. But a like perfect quote that I've always had in my mind is... If failure equals knowledge and knowledge equals success, then enough failure and then enough failure will equal your success. Yeah. 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 Also, you only fail when you stop. If you never stop like going, then you can never fail. Yeah. And one of my probably all time favorite quotes, and I know Jesse loves this one, is every failure is the seed to an equivalent success. Yeah. And that's been really important for me to keep like an abundant mindset, especially in our business when like you get your hopes up on a deal and then it falls out. It's like every deal that falls out means another bigger deal coming in later down the line. Yeah. And of course, you always have to learn from your failures, because if you don't learn, you'll never know the exact steps and plans you have to take. And for me personally, I feel like you really need to assess the actual potential it has to succeed and the financial like abilities of that they will come and you also need to assess the the worst possible outcome which is failure you know and nothing happens and your goals don't go out 
And like for example, for this, like we maybe spent around like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars getting it all set up, and that's potentially the worst outcome. You lose out on two thousand dollars, and like all goes to shit. You work a nine to five, and like we're all very smart people in, in our field, and we'll probably move up, make six figures. I'm not working nine to five. Yeah, it's, it's just the it's, <laughs> it's you, the yeah. context of the situation. Yeah. But yeah, like assessing the risk tolerance in the absolute worst case scenario. Definitely. Yeah, that was what I, I was hoping you'd say that one. I do love that one. Every failure is a seed to a greater success. Say that one more time. Every failure plants the seed to a greater success. Got it. Got it. That's uh, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. All right. Do you guys want to move on to our next point, which is basically just an introduction to who we are as a people, our past experiences, and be fully transparent? Yeah, for sure. Do you want to start us off, Lewis? Yeah. Um, so start, start from maybe like high school or yeah. Because let's say your age first. How old? So you? I'm 24. Yeah. And obviously, grew up in London, and I first moved. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I first moved to the US when I was 17, for senior year of high school, and when I turned 18, I didn't like it here, so I moved back to London, and I got a job working in a real estate office, and that's what kind of like planted the seed for me with real estate. And I was literally selling houses and getting paid fifty pounds commission, which is like seventy bucks <laughs> like to USD. sell a house. Yeah, USD, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, I knew that wasn't the path for me. And when I moved back here, when I was nineteen, my idea was to become a realtor because obviously you can earn a lot of money. Do, do you want to make a point too about how you like you surrounded yourself with those people? Because coming into a new environment, as we touched on earlier. And finding those people is totally doable. I think he's getting to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So when I moved back here, my idea was to become a realtor and I was just looking for jobs and I found this guy in Irvine and I went in and applied and got the job and he was actually wholesaling real estate. So for those who don't know, that's essentially when you find a distressed seller, get them in a purchase agreement and then assign your right in that purchase agreement for a fee. So he was doing that. And we were in Irvine, California, and he was doing it in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And that just blew my mind, like, to even realize that you can be in one place and be selling, buying, selling real estate halfway across the country, which just blew my mind. And as I was working in his business, I was thinking to myself, like, I can do this way better. I was already like, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur from when I was very young, and I remember this specific memory when I was in school. I was probably like 13. And I was, my mum just picked me up and I was telling her, like, I'm really worried about, like, the future. Like, how am I going to, like, afford a family, get a good job? Like, I was doing shit at school at the time. And she said to me, the fact that you're worried about that means that you're going to figure it out. So COVID hit when I was working at the wholesalers and... That's when we actually, Jesse, uh, our friend Alex, and our friend Reno actually came up with 949 Capital Investments, which is a wholesaling company. And we tried at it and it didn't work. And we during, failed. Yeah, we failed. And during that time, we actually got our, well, I got my loan originator license. And I was just busting out refinances left, right, and center because the rates dropped down to the 2%. And that is where I learned a lot of phone sales skills. And by the end of my time there, I'd saved up enough money to essentially get this office, pay 12 months of rent up front, and essentially just go all in on this business, which I think is the best thing to do. Like The reason I paid the rent up front was so that I didn't have an option to fail. I was like, my money's gone here now like i don't have another option but to make this work so that's how the the company started myself and jake and from there we've gone through so many hardships you wouldn't believe obviously we'll get into that in later episodes or a bit later today but every single hardship has the way i see it is say for example you lose twenty thousand. that what you learn from losing that twenty thousand could in the future, save you 200000 on the so deal. That's so yeah. So that, it's a $20,000 lesson at yeah. the end of the day. Say the best lessons are the most expensive ones. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the first properties we bought, absolute shit show, we put like hundreds of thousands <laughs> into it. 
and we still have money left in the deal and it's vacant right now. But that could have been a two, three million dollar property where we could have sunk millions into it and been way more in the hole than we are. So that just goes to show like the fate what you think of failures are not, and they do plant the seeds for equivalent successes. But yeah, that's pretty much me, my entrepreneurial well, journey. How long ago is that? Because you still have a long road coming to where we are right now. What like what's the date on that? So we bought that house. We closed on it January 13th, 2021. And we literally just finished fixing it up like two months ago. And what's the date right now? 8th of January, 2024. So, so come a long way, but still got a long way to go. Obviously, if the business has been in business for this long, what do you guys like focus on? And what is your like, what was your goal from that point on? when you guys bought that in 2021 because a big thing of real estate is like you don't really get much like free cash flow other than Mm -hmm. if you're cash flowing properties um well yeah so typically well it's also like in california or markets where you're more focused on appreciation yeah yeah i was just yeah yeah, i was just kind of get to the point that like you guys have been actively wholesaling and investing into properties at the same time Yeah, yeah well our goal was always to wholesale to buy rentals yeah because at the end of the day that's what creates the wealth ownership and the financial freedom yeah and for me the main reason that i'm an entrepreneur and i'm not working a nine to five for someone else building their dream suffering and the reason is is because i have family in england and the way i've always pictured my life is kind of being location fluid where i can be anywhere in the world with my family here working working from spain italy yeah. And still have everything running, being able to cover myself and live the life that I see fit for me. Yeah, I think that's personally a really big thing that you guys have been in business and actually had this office for four years now. Obviously expanding, getting Three employees. Years. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I personally think that's a huge thing coming from such a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, the, I mean, that's the that's beauty of the wholesaling is that with us kind of being the people that source deals for yeah. investors obviously puts us in a position to be able to pick which ones that we want to take on ourselves and keep as a as a rental and the goal for us is for them to be cash flowing and to have equity immediately once we purchase it do the rehab to it and yeah. then do like a refinance cash out yeah. whatever it is because a lot of people are scared to get in real estate like oh is the market going to crash or like etc like they're scared to pull the trigger rates are high yeah rates are high but if you buy right then it doesn't matter if you're in a down market, in an up market, you're going to be winning. That's a, yeah. another perfect example that is like just investing because a lot of people say, oh, I want to invest my money and they're very young. They have a good amount of money. They're like, should I wait for a downturn in the market? But if your ultimate goal is to have your money in the market for 30 years, 20 years, or even 10 years, there's no point of waiting. Just get in the market and get in the market and hold exactly yeah, yeah yeah and i think another important thing is like it sounds like you have an understanding of like california investing where it is really tough to be cash flowing you know yeah. you're more in an appreciation game but you know there's different states and different markets that you can achieve different things more easily um like for example obviously we do a lot of midwest states in indiana it's a lot more doable to find a property, to rehab it, and then to get a tenant in there and to be cash flowing day one. Yeah. So, Lewis, just for the, the like the, to end off this like interview of basically who you are. So how many properties, if you could put a number, just an estimate, how many properties do you think your company has wholesaled to right now? And like how many, I guess in real estate terms, how many doors do you guys own like at this moment? So wholesale deals, we've done around like, just over a hundred as of like today pretty much and we flipped probably like four or five and then doors that we own around 38 and not all of those are cash flowing right now because we're rehabbing them finding tenants etc yeah and like syndication deals i guess you could say yeah but by the end of it by the end of those 38 essentially i mean for the rest of our lives we're going to have like two to three k of in passive income yeah and that's if we didn't add anything else right now yeah and obviously we're just getting started yeah thank you lewis thank you and got into it it's like that's back to what you said about like should i get in the market should i not and buying at the right times like we could be like oh rates are high we're not going to get into rentals but because we bought for the numbers to work with what rates are 
I mean, if rates go down, then we're just going to be cash flowing that much more if we do refinance. And then <laughs> along with that, properties are going to go up in value. Rents are going to go up, right? So yeah, we can just keep leveraging again so them, many and buying more. Yeah. Yeah. So All many right. benefits to real estate. So, Lewis, I think that was a very great introduction. Well, thank you. Jesse, I think we're going to move on to you next. So I don't know how you want to start it off and what you want to, where you're going to go to, but let's get this going. Yeah. Um, well, I obviously a good portion of our journey is super similar. Um, but I, I mean, I grew up in Orange County. You know, both my parents were. My dad was born in Bolivia. My mom was born in Mexico. Um, so really proud to be like first generation born here. And I think that's always been a major motivational factor. I come from a very you know humble home. My dad's a pastor, so never had like a very. Um, I just wasn't in a home that had like abundant finance finances and just you weren't you weren't just yeah. given everything on a spot exactly yeah. and so i think with my dad getting offered a job in san clemente california when i was like three i grew up around a lot of people that did have that and i feel very blessed for that because i think it opened my eyes to kind of what what's possible and what people are capable of achieving um and i think that always kind of made me want to, I mean, it was tough for sure at first, you know, for kids to have things I didn't have or to be able to do things I wasn't able to do. But I think in the long run, it ended up being something I feel super blessed for because it just made me super hungry to obtain that for myself and and my family. And, you know, ultimately, pretty similar, just have financial freedom for me and my family, you know, be able to take care of my parents buy them a house but i knew very young that i was like i didn't i didn't even know that i wanted to be an entrepreneur because i didn't even really know what entrepreneurship was but like i feel like i sold things all the time from elementary school to middle school people always and i was terrible at school always been terrible at school and i've always loved people people have always told me i should get into sales or business um and i think uh when i was in high school one of our best friends reno you know, I think uh, he was like probably the first person that I remember we had a I had an art one period and he would he had that period off. So he'd just be sitting outside and we just got super close during that period. And, you know, he'd tell me about like a business that he was starting when we were in high school. So that was um, during that period. Me and Reno got super close. And I remember he had like some I think it was like modern mafia at the time. It's like a business that he was trying to start I think was going to be like a essentially like a platform for I don't remember exactly what um but it was pretty cool and I just remember he like had me come over one day his brother was like into entrepreneurship and you know I kind of put him on I remember going over and he had like a vision board of stuff that you know he wanted to achieve in his life and I remember him just being like dude like let's let's start a business and being like what do you mean let's start a business we can't just start a business I feel like there's just now, thankfully, there's so much knowledge out there, but it used to feel like starting a business meant you had to be some successful person, you had to have a degree. I just had all these misconceptions of what was what a person was capable of. And um, I think that was kind of the first business that we started. We like tried having, me and him tried having a marketing agency. Um, I think our first client was like a ice cream shop in San Juan that I just like walked into and was right. like, hey, let me do some social media for you even though i didn't know a lick about social media still don't still don't <laughs> and it's not my thing but yeah, i remember when you were doing that yeah i just remember proving myself like i can literally just walk into a place and build sufficient of a relationship with somebody where they trust me i think it's that first transaction i still have the check uh that she gave me but it's like that first transaction where it's like you realize that you can provide some type of value for someone in exchange for money I remember that first, you know, transaction or relationship being so, like, the first, I think, real click. Like, oh, this is, this is so doable. This is so attainable. And it aligns perfectly with what I'm passionate about. Um, and so after that, I, getting right, get, right getting out of high school, I started, uh, I flew to Bolivia to start a delivery business. Because I've always been really passionate about Bolivia, where my family's from, my roots. And I feel like it's an untapped market. And um, I'd say that's probably one of the first, like, real difficulties or failures that I dealt with. Um, I, mean, I don't know there would be a failure it paid for itself. But right after I started it, I flew back to America. I was there for, like, 
two months setting it up. I bought five motorcycles and I was going to have guys delivering food on them. And um, keep in mind, there was like no DoorDash or like apps like that. I think there was about to be the first one out there. But right when I came back, the president of Bolivia had been in office for like 14 years. And he was essentially trying to rig the election so that he couldn't be taken out of office. And so then there was like a coup d'etat in the country and base, the people like revoked and they were like, no, we're not, you're not going to stay in office because he had rid of the election. And there was like a ton of just like almost like a little civil war going on within the country. Meanwhile, I was like trying to start this delivery business from the U.S. out in Bolivia. But it definitely taught me a lot about, you know, relationships and how important it is to have the right people, you know, taking care of things and how how much you can do when you are able to build the right relationships, the way that you can extend yourself and the fact that you can have the capacity to do something in a place that's so far away without actually being there. Um, so I did that for some time, but that was, you know, definitely tough. I think at best it just I took out like a small loan to buy the motorcycles and it paid itself off, which was cool. Learned to ride a motorcycle as well, which was sick. And then uh, I came back and, that was right when we got, well, we, that's when we tried the, the 949 capital investments. We tried to do wholesaling. Um, I knew a little bit about wholesaling because Jonathan, actually, which is funny, like full circle, the newest guy on our team, Jonathan, he w was working as a server at a restaurant here in San Clemente. And he came up to me, my, me and my family, and he was like, dude, I just made 20 grand uh, doing something called wholesaling and I remember being like dude what are you talking about like you just made he's like yeah I didn't own the property like I didn't have to take on any risk I didn't have to purchase it but I made 20k and I just remember being like what are you talking about and um, I texted him that night and I was like dude let's get coffee on Monday and we got coffee um, he gave me the book habit loop or the power of habit great book and kind of explained to me what wholesaling was, what Lewis explained earlier. Um, and then Lewis and I got close at that time as well. He had been working for a wholesaler and, you know, we came together with, with our other buddies, Reno and Alex, and we tried wholesaling and it just did not, you know, we just didn't have the knowledge or the resources, I think, to, to make it work. I, I want to make a point real quick too, with just business in general, like, I think a good formula is you need to always have a higher understanding of actually how the business works. And that may not come till down the line, but you should always be doing as much research as possible, wrapping your head around the business and having a higher understanding before you actually start planning and executing. Yeah, for sure. But I, yes and no, though. I'm like also a firm believer that like entre entrepreneurship, a lot of things you learn as you go. Yeah, you like, definitely do, but I still feel like you should have a general higher understanding. And, of course, you're going to learn so much more as you actually go through it Yeah, and the experience. But I think even, you know, like us, it, it gave us a good understanding. Failing gave us a good understanding of what we needed to know, you know, and that we weren't ready. It gave you the knowledge and the yeah, formula. Um, exactly. And then I got into mortgages literally at the same time Lewis did. Um, so I didn't do it with a broker. I did it with like a a lender, a big lender, a national lender. And um, yeah, we super blessed that we got into mortgages when rates dropped to 3%. And it was just like shooting fish in a barrel, super fun, got a ton, a ton of sales experience, understood what it meant to nurture a lead, to you know, have notes, to use a CRM system. And to close a deal. And to close a deal, yeah. As, get, as well as Get networking. them to sign on the dotted line, for sure, networking. Um, so did that for, you know, like a year and a half and then they actually started drive by the business. And at the time I had, I think when you guys started, I had just gone back to Bolivia, um, to start a real estate project out there. Um, just because I'm very passionate about Bolivia and I think there's so much to do out there and it's kind of like an untapped market, but flew out there, bought a piece of land, um, took like all my savings had some people that invested that believed in me um and you know st started that journey of trying to develop like an apartment building which to this day i'm still working on and has also just been something that has constantly been felt like you know i've had 
obstacle after obstacle put in front of me several times where it was like okay is it is it best to just you know sell what i have so far and exit and just take it as a learning lesson but time after time i've just been the right people have came into my life and you know we've been able to overcome every every obstacle that's been put in front of us and it's taken longer than we wanted but it's also something that just has so much potential and that honestly i'm so excited about and so coming back from starting that project i was like literally at a point where i loved bolivia so much and i felt like there was so much opportunity out there that i came back and literally felt like i needed to move to bolivia like i was like dude i'm there's no point in me being here i feel like i've learned what i can learn from loans i don't really want to do it anymore and i just remember like praying about it and being like god like i was like ready to sell my car that i had just gotten um, i was like i need you to really make it clear for me whether i should just move to bolivia and carry out what i'm doing there or if i should just stay here because there's more for me to do here and at the time, um, like the top agent at the company I was with, I met her at an event, and she had a super small team. And um, I remember like leaving that event and being like, and just for perspective, like a good loan officer probably does like fifty to a hundred million, you know, a year in production. And I know you did super good. What would you do in your best year? I don't know. But, um, and like that, you're making a good amount of money if you're doing 50 to, to a million. What's like the average commission? Like one to one and a half percent. Okay. Um, so I remember thinking to myself, like, man, if I could work with this lady, then it would make sense for me to stay and to learn from her. But I knew that she was like super small team, very small circle as she had. And it was like people that I talked to within the company that I was going to reach out to her were like, ah, dude, good luck. Like a bunch of people reach out to her. And sure enough, like that weekend she called me, she had her team call me and she was like, Hey, like I need a Spanish speaker. I'd love to bring you on. And it just felt very much like God being like, no, you know what? There's like a lot more for you to learn, educate yourself on in this, in this industry, in this world. So I started working with her for about a year. Um, it also gave me the opportunity to move to LA with Reno, one of my best friends, you know, someone that's like-minded, motivated, that I love to be around. And um, I just learned a lot working with her, seeing how much somebody that's doing like over 200 million a year in production really does and like what that looks like and how much of it comes down to relationships and networking. And um, Near the end, I was had been working with her for a year, and Lewis and Jacob, obviously, they had been doing drive-by for a year, and they kind of approached me with the idea of joining the business, um, you know, feeling like our different abilities or strengths could align, and hopefully I could, you know, be a positive impact to the business, and I felt at that point like I could, had kind of outgrown loans, never really enjoyed loans either. I wanted to be more on the relationship side of things. I enjoy math and all that, but it's just like too much desk work. And so I decided to join the business and I moved back here and been with Drive-By for like over a year now. Um, just about. Yeah. And at the time, you guys had only acquired, I think, Portage, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's been, it's been a really cool year. Definitely been really tough. Like a bunch of, like Lewis said. Ups and like, downs. Yeah, ups and downs. There's times this year where it was like, I mean, just even almost the last, going into the last quarter of this year, is I like, felt like we were just getting hit with bad thing after bad thing from like deals falling out that just were falling out because of things that were completely out of our control, which is a tough part about sales too. You know, it's like you think you're going to get paid and we're all like commission based. Entrepreneurial as well. Yeah, yeah. entrepreneurial. Um, and so... And it, it just being around, having good friends around me, and I'd like to think that it was the same thing for my friends. Is like I think what helped us keep our heads above water and keep treading and keep moving forward and keep pushing. Because there's definitely times where it's just like tough, you know. Like you just feel like you're getting hit time after time, and you're just getting up, getting up, and you're like, man, when am I gonna? When are we gonna catch a little break? But sure enough, man, like you, you keep pushing forward and. And every failure is, is a seed to a greater success. Say, you know? say the thing about um, 
how you eat last as an entrepreneur. How what? How you eat last. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Um, I think a lot t- of yeah, you've yeah. told me this multiple times, and I think it's really good fit here. Well, I, just, I think a lot of people have a misconception going into business, and I think it's so common with our generation too that like everything comes quick. You know, I think that we're programmed, we're taught that you know everything should come quick and it should be easy, and people just don't understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur. You know, I mean, being an entrepreneur means that you're signing up to be a leader. You know, you're as you start to grow a team, you know, having the understanding that you're going to be eating last, that you have a team that you need to take care of, that you need to prioritize along with the responsibilities of, you know, the business and making sure that the business is going to be able to keep the doors open. And it's like, you know, you're not, sometimes your employees or the people in the company are going to be making more, more money than, than the owners. And, that's something that you just have to be, you have to be willing to do. You know, I, I think nobody's going to want to work for somebody that that doesn't want their best interest. You know, and I think that's that's the tough thing with being a leader and with owning a business is that you're signing up to be the one that eats last. You're signing up to be the one that has to stay late if somebody has to stay late, and it's just, you know, that's you need you need to have that. I think a really good point here is how social media like puts an image in everyone's mind today that mm-hmm. entrepreneur is just sexy. You make a lot of money and yeah. they don't really touch on how hard it is, what's really going to happen and the risk that you actually have to take and the work that's going to actually be done because you're going to work so much and sometimes things won't even pan out. But um, yeah, no one really paints a picture about how much money you're going to have to actually invest, the time you're going to put, the risk you're going to have to take, and it may not even work at all. Yeah. Um, how much money you're not going to make. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is today, too, with all those people on social media doing those things, a lot of the time, it's a sales pitch to sell you guys a course. It's a talk that's enough for another time, but a lot of them are just scammers. They're trying to sell you a course, and that's their business is selling a course, not the actual business they're telling you that's so easy to make money and get rich quick. It's just so annoying. It's, it yeah. really does piss me off how, how common it is, like this whole social media guru or like these people, like you said, like people have like one small success in an industry and they automatically start thinking like, okay, how can I sell courses or how can I make money off of, you know, selling this program to people? And I'm, I'm a really big firm believer of like, having success you know before i in any way think that i can start training people or i probably won't even do that till people are like begging for it because i just like even right now i I would never say that this is how you should do it like i would only be willing to say this is how i've done it or this is how we've done it because we're still going through the journey you know we're we're in no way uh, successful in our own eyes I don't think um, we think that we have a far way to go but you know that being said it's like definitely proud of, of what we built and where we're getting you know we just got into our first commercial deal purchased a 24 unit property in with North none of Carolina, our own money with none of our own money which is super exciting and we did not we do not know everything about uh, commercial real estate you know, in any way, shape, or form. But, but you will later after you go through the experiences. We will, for sure. Um, all right. Do you want to wrap that up? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that that's basically it. I mean, that's what got me to, to being sitting here right now. All right. Do you, one of you guys, like, want to start it off for me? Yeah. What about you, Tristan? How did, how did uh, where's your, where did your journey in the life of entrepreneurship begin? So, personally, you guys will understand that I've kind of jumped around a lot. Personally, I've had a huge line of like entrepreneurship in my mind and just wanting to understand more. Um, one of the main, one, I would say the catalyst of my actual entrepreneur journey was when I was 16 years old, I had a really, I do have a really good friend named William Wall and his dad was a big hotshot in basically e-commerce. His name is Derek Wall. You guys can look him up if you want. He's on Forbes and he has a crazy Fact business. Check me. Yeah. Um, but so we're in, we're located in Orange County, and he had his main headquarters in Miami. And one time, I was hanging out with Will, and he basically said, "Oh, uh, you want to come to dinner with my dad? Like, I know you're trying to like basically be more business oriented and understand things." 
And I said, yeah, let's do it. And then so we're on the way to go eat at some place. I don't remember the name, but around here. Um, and we're in the car, and I get to talking about e-commerce with him and saying, like, I want to understand more. I want to get into it, basically. And I was telling this all the information I got was pretty much from YouTube and what I could find on. And keep in mind, this was like 2017, 2018. I'm 22 now, and it's it's uh, wait, that six years later. Yeah, six, seven years later. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we get to talking and. Personally, I've had always had this idea in my mind. If you could connect, get connected to the suppliers in China to see which products are selling at the highest volume, you could take that those products, sell them yourself, and potentially use those as a product to become very successful. And I told him this, and he was like, "That's a very valid point. Like, that's a like no one's ever actually told me that, but yeah, it's a valid point." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to keep continuing on and." trying my luck basically and i built out a few websites i got a few sales like through drop shipping i think we were selling like watches and jewelry and basic stuff but not nowhere like even break even or small profitable um but yeah then the summer came and he invited me and will to come out to his headquarters in miami and we so we did that and we got there and essentially he has a business called hubx and what they do is they sell like um they sell to you like they sell to individual, they sell products. I think they're most electronically based. They sell to customers who are gonna go and sell them in other places. So they're basically wholesaling like full products and volume. And he was like, you can use me as a supplier. I'll give you full access to my email list. And we'll basically, he wanted to call it backdoor to HubX. Um, and, but me and Will, we we had this kind of idea in our minds that we wanted to be a little bit separated from his business. But at the time we didn't know how good of a, like how potentially successful we could have been if we stayed with them. And we kind of had this, we, we did butt heads a little because I wanted to stay with Derek cause I knew the value he provided and the actual like knowledge he knows that he could bring us to success very quickly. And Will always wanted to be separated from his dad. And Which is like also like understandable. Like, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to build anything off my dad's. Yeah, because he obviously saw his dad's stuff. success. And he was very like, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to take money from you. I don't want to take it what, from anyone else. What was that like for you? Because I think I feel like I remember you going to his, his headquarters. And I remember that being a very impactful trip for you. Um, it was huge. I mean, we learned so much. And in the in the the long run we were in school still school started up and we were just so stressed out we had so many things to do we were butting heads every single corner of our business and it ended up failing we liquidated like well i mean we didn't liquidate anything we just canceled the llc and said it's over but i think that um, was like i feel like that was a moment for you for sure i remember you getting back and be like dude we were cruising this guy's convertible like through town like he just has yeah it was a it was the first time that i feel like you saw what entrepreneurship the kind of freedom can look like yeah so the house he actually owned in miami used to be pitbull's house um i'm sure everyone knows who pitbull is and he had Mr. multiple miss he had multiple like very nice cars and he let me and will we were 16 we literally just got he got his will just got his license and he let us drive around in the porsche it was i don't know it was a really nice porsche wherever we wanted to do like to the office to the back to if you want to get food whatever you want like to the beach um so yeah, and it was a very eye-opening experience because we would go into the headquarters, we see everything, we see all his workers, meet his business partners and everything, but we were so, like we built out a website and that was pretty much it. We had no sense of planning, yeah. no sense of how we were gonna do it, and we were just so lost. And from that point on, it pretty much beat me down and we ended up liquidating it. And that goes on to basically my next entrepreneurial journey because it beat me down and I had a lot of time to think about it. And yeah, throughout high school, like going towards my senior year, I started getting into basically stocks, investing and trading options. Um, and before I got into it, I had a huge, un I wanted to basically fully understand everything. And if anyone's tried to start like basically trading options and investing in stocks and day trading, you're gonna have a really big hump of just understanding because options are very complicated and actually how they work, how the Greeks and volatility and all those things have a play into it. Um, on top of the fact that you have to get used to like, once you understand it, 
then you understand, then you start doing it, and then you realize the emotional factor that also starts yes, to play a yes. role. Yes, and I didn't get over the emotional factor until like about a year ago, to be completely honest. Um, That's the hardest part. Yeah, because you're going to see your portfolio if you're trading options go up and down like crazy, and like I mean, you'll be like, I lost a thousand dollars, but in reality, like if you hold on for a little bit longer, you potentially might like 10x your money. Um, but yeah, like throughout my senior year, basically I was trading and getting into options. And this was actually right around like the coronavirus right before as well. And I remember telling like a few of my friends like to keep trying and there, no, to start trying and to get into it. And there's like a lot of money to potentially be made. And Jesse right here is actually one of them. Lewis, you're not, but we're no, like, I was, that's actually weren't? how we met. Well, really? at Jake's. Well, but it was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, he told me about it at, I think at church. You were like, dude, I just made, same thing with Jonathan when he was like, I made this. And I was like, I was like, I got coffee. You told me that you made like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks. And I was like, let's go meet up and yeah. show me how to do this. And there's, there's multiple stories from this, but I'm not going to get into them, but we'll, we'll name one for now. Let's talk about how like, Jesse, one night I was telling him about all this, and because they were obviously very entrepreneurial, and this is like the day like, after you told me that you did it. Yeah, you you took me out to dinner that night, and we were sitting there, and I literally had like my notepad of paper trying to explain everything to you, and obviously, you had no understanding of it, which is very understandable because it took you. It, it will take anyone a very long yeah. time. Um, but essentially, like the day after, I told him to buy this option, and. We we both went into this trade. It was spy puts. Spy was spy puts, uh, yeah, baby. Yeah. And I picked you up before school. Yeah, you, this is your last year, and yeah, this is like a senior year around the the last like quarters, and we got into this option. It's like six a.m. Keep in mind we're PST and Eastern time. It's obviously three hours ahead, so it's six a.m. Market opens at nine thirty. Pre-market opens at six, so we, we see a little bit. We see a huge drop in pre-market, and we're obviously very excited. We're like, dude, we're gonna make so much money. Market opens. We're seeing outside, like Starbucks or inside. I don't know, but and then at, at the point I was of like three X at the yeah, time. At the point of the story, it was like we each made a thousand bucks that morning, and it was a very eye-opening. Yeah, and yeah. So move on. Basically, I I kept on trading options. But that, and, that's also uh, what I I feel like can't move on from the fact that because because of that. I was like, okay, this kid just made me a grand. He's not like bullshitting or he's not, he's actually like knows what he's talking about. And then I think like the following day we went to Jake's house which, and I had introduced you to all my best friends. Yeah. And you basically taught us all how to trade options. And, and for example, Lewis just said that's the first time we actually ever met. And this is another point of how your guys' friend group was so like about executing and doing these things and actually jumping into them and trying, you know? Yeah. Like you guys were talking about earlier. But fast forward, like I I kept on trading options up and down, up and down, and I was getting so stressed out and burnt out that I eventually stopped and probably came out like around like $5,000 in profit, like which is, yeah. which is good, good, but like from your start, but it's really not much. And then eventually I basically was like, okay, I'm just going to, I had I, I did have more savings as well, so I basically just put all my money into like blue chip stocks and let it sit. And during that time, I started going to college. I graduated high school. I started going to college. It was my first few semesters, and I was so lost. I had no clue what I wanted to do. I always knew that I had a very entrepreneurial spirit. I was very smart, very driven, and I was like, okay. I started basically. I tried e-commerce. I have a full understanding of it. I'm going to go balls deep in it, basically. And I basically did. And for the first six months with dropshipping and e-commerce, you're always going to be taking it out. You're just going to be learning. You're not going to be making any money. And I eventually started making money. Like TikTok came around. You could run TikTok ads. I got very deep into Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook ads. I did run some Google ads as well. So with this experience, I started scaling and scaling. And around... This was like kind of 2022 to like mid 2023. And during that time, I I wasn't in school. I was just pretty much doing dropshipping and e-commerce full time. And we we ended around in total revenue, we ended about like around a quarter million dollars in total revenue, but the profit margins on e-commerce are very slim. And we probably, I probably made around like 20 to like 30K max. You were um, also like 
focusing on reinvesting though you know which is awesome yeah and i i fully knew this time the knowledge i was getting from it and the experience like we always already went over over like we already went over earlier was so much more valuable than like a college education but during that time that it was so up and down and i was literally 24 7 on my computer like all night and it was just too much like i mean for example i got a jaw surgery one i because i had a really bad underbite and um jesse came over to my house one of those nights and i was like sitting in my room this is like a week after my face is all puffy and i'm still just fucking grinding e-commerce as hard as i can um and like I didn't even want to talk to them because I was just so deep into it. You know? Yeah, you, you did want to talk, but just about your website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was just like, oh, dude, I'm selling this. You know, You're like, like it's, look at this website. I yeah, built. like look at the revenue. Like what, whatever. This is and, how I run my ad. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and like I loved it though. Yeah, yeah. Having that experience is so crazy because it's like you can really do this if you put your mind to it and you try and you stay consistent. There's going to be crazy ups and downs. But fast forward, like I eventually got very burnt out and I didn't see the longevity in drop shipping. But from that experience, it taught me so many things regarding like online business, social media, how algorithms work, marketing. how you can run ads, marketing, and so many other things like opening LLCs, um, like networking online through discords and whatnot, and how you can actually build huge things, you know? Um, but eventually during that time i burnt out and i was like okay I, i'm gonna stop this and i'm going to basically like get back to ground zero and think of what i can do next and what that led me to was going back to college and getting a part-time job and so i started working like three to four days at the grocery store and i started going back to college taking i took four units over summer and then i took five units last semester and i was just doing that and obviously i always had to like why did, why did you think that you should why why did you go back to school why, because, did, that, why did that make sense so i was like okay i i at that time i my parents obviously really wanted me to get a degree and i had to pay rent and i didn't want to pay rent anymore because i had really no active income and they if you go to college, like my parents were like, you don't have to pay rent anymore. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school. And I did also talk with a guy who works at a big agency. I think his name, um, Dave Tran, I believe. Um, he works at a big agency in LA called RPA and they run ads for like huge, they run ads for like huge car companies like Honda, Toyota and in the United States. And they do all the creatives and market everything for them. These are the two, like the three catalysts. My parents, I talked to this guy named Dave Tran and we networked and we had a few conference calls and he was basically saying, you should always get your college degree. I think it's an asset. It shows that you can work towards things and actually complete it. And during this time, I was always very like, I don't, I'm not going to get a college degree. You can make it without it, whatever not. He also um, said that with the like perspective of like, I'd hire you if you had one, right? Um, that's another story. So which I'm gonna, that's going to be the first point or the, the third one, I should say. He, he did that. So I had that in my mind. I had those two people and it was kind of changing my mind a little bit about getting the college degree. And then I went to this like marketing agency in Laguna Beach and they had all these like internships of like these schmucks working there who didn't know anything. And I basically went in there, told them like what I did, what I've done and like how I can improve their business. And they were like, you need a college degree basically. And it, was kind of the, the last straw of like, okay, I'm going to go back and just knock this out real quick and it can't be that hard. And But you also saw that there was people there that provided way less value than you brought to the table and that course. had a degree. Of course. Because yeah, yeah. of the knowledge and understanding that you got actually being in the field. In the exactly. Industry. Because coming from someone who's actually been running ads, been getting revenue, been fulfilling orders, been talking to suppliers in China, like that would provide way more value than those other guys, you know? Yeah. And from just coming out of college, we're like doing some calculus, taking some business classes, like, no, dude. Yeah. Like they posted some stuff on social media and they're like, saw I had some reach and stuff like that. Probably haven't even ran ads before. Yeah. So then I essentially, that was like right before summer. And then summer I went back to school for summer classes. I was like, I'm going to knock these out as fast as possible. Working at the grocery store and which 
obviously last semester I took five units and completed them and it was pretty much a breeze still working at the grocery store and then I started getting into YouTube shorts basically as a business to see if to pass some free time I already had like basic video editing skills for making my creatives for all drop shipping and I did it for 30 days. I did document on my YouTube and it, it ended up around like 350 subscribers and I had like a quarter million views in 30 days, which I saw, I was like, oh, it's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. And I've always, basically, I've seen the power of organic marketing and how it works and there's no marketing costs at all when you have organic marketing and building personal brands. And which leads me to basically, I finished those shorts and I was like, okay, I'm a very knowledgeable guy I can create content, I believe, like very good. I need to find an editor, and that's pretty much it. So and I need I, to find like-minded individuals that I can execute with. Yeah, and then comes around like, when, when, why didn't we meet up that first time? Well, you were just in town, I think. Well, keep it. Well, it's, I think we had a bit of a buffer because Lewis had to go to London. No, no, no. But before that, like that, when we were actually in your living room, why were we there? It was your buddy's birthday, or. Yeah, your buddy's birthday. Or oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys were in and buy our house, and you were like, yo, yeah. buy your house. It was one of my best friends, Jose. We were in um, Irvine. We were driving past. We were going to go to the Spectrum for his birthday and hang out a little bit. And we we were passing by Jesse's house and Lewis's as well. And I was like, should we just give Jesse a call and see if they want to hang out for a little bit? And we did. And then at this time, too, I was building con content on YouTube, which is like a month ago. And I was like, you guys are building content. You guys have an office. If we're going to be posting short form content, we may as well just make a podcast and recycle the content across everything to start building our personal brands as well. Yeah. And then on top of all the benefits that come with it, I pitched you guys basically. Um, but you guys were already building content. We were in the same thing. You guys have an office. Like I know all the ways around social media and let's do this thing. And then you guys basically like, let's yeah. do it. Like you build out the podcast room. I'll get all the equipment. I'll set everything up and I'll produce it all. Well, each, yeah. You provide value for us. We provide value for you. And I think, I mean, I'm a firm believer in Lewis is too, like the law of attraction and manifesting things. And I think we've been, we've been talking about how much we want to make content for some time, but obviously we're very busy with the business and yeah. it, for at least for me you know i can't speak for anybody else but i don't like you said i still suck at social media like i'm not good at social media i don't enjoy doing it on top of just how much time it will take yeah that. and i i'm all about surrounding myself with people that are good at things that i'm not good at yeah. and i know that i want to do social media and i want to build a brand i want to build a personal brand it's something i'm really passionate about i'd love to be an impact in people's lives and provide value but right now for me the right thing was just to focus on the business and to you know meet somebody that could bring that value to the table to where you know they were good at what i'm not good at and we could come together and all mutually benefit from that relationship and i thought that was what was so beautiful about you coming over that day and talking with us not only are we all really good friends and we love to have conversations together about business and you know things that we each have going on um but we all we're in a position to, you know, start this podcast together. Yeah. And you had time because you're not, you know, you just finished your classes and on winter break. Yeah. Yeah. So in a store. So and as an entrepreneur, that is a skill that you need to learn. Is because if you take a hundred entrepreneurs and they do like a personality quiz, most of them are going to be rated high on the narcissism or ego, and that's something that you need to learn as an entrepreneur is to to humble yourself a bit and let other people, let yourself surround yourself with other people that can take responsibility for different aspects. Yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, there's a feeling inside of you that just wants to do everything. Yeah. Even if you're not the best person to do that job. Yeah. And to kind of like sit back and trust trust and give those people the resources yeah. so that they can be successful and in return, you can help them be successful. They help you be successful. Yeah. And that's just the best way to do it. It's and that's the best way thing. to scale. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've, we all, I think we all had, because we've had so many experiences together. We already did have that trust built out for each other. And I do think we're all very down to earth people as well. And we'll take each other's advice and come into account with everything. Um, and I also do want to like 
say thank you guys again for doing this because it's huge, you know, and this could be totally career changing for all three of us, especially myself, because I have a, I'm, my initial plan for the content creation is I have my personal YouTube channel to make basically financial, educational, and business oriented topics and the podcast. And I film all my personal stuff here with all the equipment we bought together. And yeah, so yeah. that's, Brings me to right now. Thank you as well, bro. Yeah, thank uh, you. Huge thanks. We wouldn't be we've we've been dying to do a podcast, but yeah. we wouldn't have done it yet if you didn't ask us to do it. Yeah. Like it's such a I love it. So love it. and by you take not only are you helping Jesse and I, but we're also gonna be helping millions and millions of people by of growing our personal brand and actually getting our content out in front of people yeah. the proper way. Because for me, the main reason I want to grow my personal brand is so I can have a positive impact on the world. Yeah. Like, I actually want to go down in the history books. Yeah. And I'm sure you both might as well. Something that I do want to talk about too here to like wrap this up is that lots, there's so many people like social media is literally infiltrated with like people who are scamming and inauthentic and Gurus. do things. Yeah. And I think a good thing for us too is that we're all going to be a hundred percent transparent with everything we're not going to be lying there's there's no way we're going to be scamming and we're going to be as authentic as possible and i think the internet needs that and they're like yeah people want i think, I think people are craving yeah. authenticity right now for yeah. sure yeah. i know we had that talk before and the crazy thing is that should go without saying for other people putting out content yeah, yeah. but unfortunately it's not the done thing yeah and it goes back to the point, everyone's selling courses like these people made this much money in 30 days, yeah. which I actually kind of find disgusting because the entrepreneurs selling the courses, they must have gone through hardships themselves as yeah. well. Yeah. So for them to be selling a false belief to naive people is yeah. just outrageous. Yeah. And sure. I know Tristan's going to be doing a lot of uh, calling out. Yeah, I definitely will on my personal YouTube channel. Definitely watch out for a few exposing scammer videos. Alex uh, Mosey. Yeah, that's a big one in the works. That <laughs> I'm down to have that episode yeah. on here. Of course, we will. We'll definitely have that topic. But for this podcast, let's wrap this up with a little five-minute thing about... Um, let's just like each say our ultimate goal. I think we already did cover it, but let's just wrap recap. this up for five minutes. Yeah, and we'll end it off. What do you, what's your ultimate goal for this? My podcast. ultimate goal is to spread authenticity while building a personal brand and letting people know who exactly we are. And I, I do, I think one of the best feelings in life is giving back to other people. Mm. And like, that is definitely one of our main things to do. Give back as much as we can, provide the most value, have some entertainment, bring on some amazing guests. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, what about you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, on the, I, I'm really excited, same thing, right? Like, I, I really want to provide value for people. I think there's so many people that have so much potential and they just don't realize it because they just have not been around the right people, the right people to encourage them or to tell them that they can do something. And I'd love to, you know, impact people's lives and let them know that they are capable of achieving. I'd love to have guests on that, have came from you know really difficult backgrounds that people can see and say oh wow that person did it or this person did it or you know even if they see us and they see that and i just i love to be that spark in, in even one person's life because i know how important it was to have so many people in my life that created that spark you know that continuously create that spark yeah i mean even like lewis you know i'm constantly like i love having him as one of my best friends and it's around me constantly trying to better himself um same thing with reno same thing with you like it just it's encouraging you've had you've even though i i i love what i'm doing i'm passionate it's been like re-electrifying to see you super passionate about your youtube shorts to see how you love to watch the metrics and how you love to dive deeply into these different things and you know how you plan to use that to impact people's lives to impact your life like i just I love seeing other people achieve um, and selfishly, honestly, like I'm really excited to build a personal brand and I'm very excited to be able to have conversations with great people. Like, I love talking to people. Yeah. I love hearing about them, their yeah. perspectives. So that's, that's for me. It's not selfish at all, but like 
having this conversation is very like therapeutic and fun for us, you know, educational yeah. and our ultimate goal is to provide as much value for our viewers as possible. But for us personally, it is a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, well, there's yeah. So, I think that's an important thing too, is like a level of selfishness isn't bad. I feel like it's yeah. such a misconception of like, Oh, being selfish. It's like, dude, if you're not selfish, then you're not going to care what happens to you. Yeah. You're not going to care to work out, to look good, to, you know, have a certain persona. Certain By not being selfish, you're almost depriving people of your maximum value. Yeah. All right, Lewis, let's wrap, the, let's wrap this up. You started, finish this off. Yeah, so my main goal with this is to inspire people. On Saturday night, we went to watch a movie called Wonka. Yeah. We uh, may have taken some shrooms. And by the end of that movie, I was just so inspired. And the feeling that I had there is what I want to create for other people. That level of inspiration. Um, and Leave feeling you can conquer the world. Exactly. And growing my personal brand through this will allow me to do that. As well as open doors for myself, for the people around me. And just overall have a positive impact on the world thank you lewis love that and i think that's going to be a wrap for our first episode and if any of you guys actually got to this point on our first podcast we want to say thank you very much and yeah. give us feedback yeah let, it, let us know what you thought let us know what you think we can improve on let us know what you guys want to see um we're you know something that we're all really excited about is to you know, grow an audience and to deliver to that audience, right? We can't have an impact unless we're providing value to you guys. So let us know. Let us know what we need to do to do that.